All right, welcome back to the Father Son Podcast. Uh, today we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, we're going to continue talking more about the financial world. And today the topic is going to be the rule of 80 20. Uh, Nick lives by this rule of that you need to have your finances set up 80% psychology and 20% strategy. So, Dad, tell me more about this belief that you have and where did this rule come from and why do people need to apply it in their lives? First of all, when we refer to wealth, I just want to make sure people realize that it doesn't mean you have to be a millionaire or you have to have millions and billions of dollars. As long as you could do the best with what you have, then you're wealthy. And I just want to make sure people realize that uh, wealth by itself doesn't bring happiness. There's an art of living that has to be coordinated with the art of uh, success. If people cannot bridge that over, the life doesn't become as sweet as it's supposed to be. So I just want to make sure people realize that. Uh, psychology of 80-20, I have taken probably over three, four hundred courses in finances, psychology of success, and different methods. I have attended, probably have attended over, I will say maybe, gosh, seven, eight hundred financial summits in the entire, my entire life. I have listened to from Nobel Prize winners all the way to the presidents and chairman of the companies that they wake up in the morning and they make 20, 30, 40 billion dollars decisions in a split of seconds. Uh, I've sat and talked to husband and wife making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and I've noticed how they fight over their finances. But yet I've sit with the chairman of the company or president of a company that runs one of the most successful you know, businesses in the, in the area, but yet they all have to follow one simple rule. There is, I would say there is a constitution in managing your money. There's a law you have to follow. Everybody's looking for shortcuts, but normally there isn't one. Uh, there is a statistic shows that if we take all the wealth in the world and give everybody one million dollar, let's say we've got seven some billion people on earth, right? Everybody gets a million dollar. We take it away from the rich and we distribute it among everybody equally, and everybody gets a million dollars. Statistic shows in ten years the money goes back to where it came from. Wow! Really? Yep. Isn't that something? Psychology. Psychology. Because when I say there's a constitution, there's a formula, there's a rule and regulations in managing money, there is. It's not written on stone, but you pay dearly for it if you don't follow. And unfortunately, we don't learn those in our universities. There's a hard way to learn that. It's called life experience. We pay dearly to learn. One of the reasons if I were just a normal person today and not being a financial advisor, and I was looking for a financial advisor, 
I will go to the one that has the experience to avoid me from going sideways and wasting my time. So, to show me what mistakes are so I won't do those mistakes. Right. So that's basically what, what it takes. 80%, as I said, it's psychology. Because you wake up in the morning and you got certain beliefs about how today is or how your life has been. A mother wakes up in the morning, totally different blueprint than a policeman or a judge or a president or a teacher. So everybody carries their own portraits. So when you ask me a question based on my portrait, I answer your question. So not everybody's expert in finances, but we tend to make comments and normally carry, I mean, kind of follow each other's success. There's a pattern in following your fathers, your mothers, your brothers, your loved ones' strategies. Sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you say that that's why some, wouldn't you say that that's why some people say that the rich get richer? Correct. Right? Yeah. Because their psychology is different. Yeah. They have a different psychology. No matter how broke they are, their psychology is different to where they become successful and then they become wealthy Correct. because the psychology hasn't changed. No exactly. matter what the strategies are. Fantastic. Well said. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know what it is, but you get lucky if you follow those rules. There's no luck in becoming wealthy or rich. Again, I'm not referring when I say rich to millions of dollars. Wealthy. Wealthy within. Yeah. Wealthy within what you want to do, and you got the purchasing power of doing what you want to do. That's called wealth. doesn't mean that you've got millions of dollars sitting there and doesn't do much for you. It's just on the paper. That's really bad. So, therefore, if we don't break that blueprint, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to reach to the top. We will go for a while, but then gravity will pull us back. We will become ultimately who we are within our own blueprint. One of the reasons I like, I would have gone to see a financial advisor was to see in reference to money, in reference to investment, in reference to my risks, by giving him my story, what are his blueprints? What are his recommendations? That's the, that's the only reason I will go to advisor. I will not go to advisor to make me wealthy. No advisors can make you wealthy. You have to have the wealth to see the advisor. Because if I'm the best cook in the world and you invite me to your house to cook for you, if I open your refrigerator and it's empty, there is not much I can do for you. Yeah, so sense. our job is not to make people wealthy. Mm-hmm. When you come to see us, you have to have the wealth within your beliefs, within your ramifications that, hey, this is what I have and how do I protect it? How do I grow it? And how do I pass it to the next generation? Yeah. And I will not go to see an advisor to only buy a product or to help me to earn 10% or 15%. That 
almost everybody can do. I want to make sure my advisors look at, looks at all of my risks in my portfolio. Because running, uh, running families, running a successful corporation, so you have to have all of those departments working properly. So by changing your philosophy, which is 80%, your destiny will change. And the 20% technique we're referring to, yeah, today, you might hear me on the radio saying, hey, if you sell a real estate and you have to pay capital gain before the sales is done, just call my office. Because we have a system that before it used to be for high rises, stadiums, that they had $100 million capital gain issues. But we have made some contacts now we have a group that can help you to defer your capital gain for 30 years upon selling your real estate or your business. Okay, that's the 20%. When I defer my capital gain for 30 years and then I got IRS money sitting with me for 30 years, most likely it's gonna be four or five times higher when I'm ready to pay my taxes. And in this system, it's not like if I don't pay IRS, I have to pay more later. I will pay today's dollar 30 years from now. An amazing system. So that's the 20%. Or right. if I say, Bishan, you got high net worth and you have a state tax issue, something happens to you, your family is gonna be dealing with IRS, you have to write a check for 40% of your asset. Here's a solution how you can avoid that. That's the 20%. Right. Or I show you, you know, different techniques that wealthy people are doing and we can bring them to the public level. Now we can make it available to everybody. It doesn't have to be all institutional. That's where the technique is. But the fundamentals has to be there in order to implement these techniques. Right. Yeah, I definitely. And I think that's maybe I think that's why you're a different advisor than most people. Most people assume probably that, you know, they have this net worth and then they're going to go in and see their advisor. They're going to get all these tricks in the book, these loopholes that are going to save them money, whatever. I mean, that's what they think. But when they come to your office, um, they do get tricks, which is obviously the strategic part. But I don't think they realize that they're also going to get a psychology teaching. And I think that's actually what makes your office different than every other advisor. Because when they come in here... They don't only leave with strategies, but they also leave with a different mindset. And that itself is priceless, you know? Well said. That has been our philosophy in the past 30 some years. Look, to be honest, every advisor is after gathering asset. The only time you make money is you invest. By helping you to lower your taxes, it doesn't benefit my company. Benefits your pocket as an investor, but it really doesn't help me. So most advisors, in my opinion, since there's no financial benefit on reducing people's taxes, they go after collecting the assets and managing the assets. But I don't believe in that. Because I think by helping you and adding value services and value added benefits in your financials, you're gonna realize, wait a minute, after talking to uh, economics and family, it looks like in the past three or four months, we're getting better ideas. It looks like we're having less risk. I just wanna make sure when people walk into our office, 
our philosophy is not how we're going to get their asset to manage. Bottom line, we are a company, we have to be successful, and financially we have to be able to pay our bills and make profit. Otherwise, there's no sense of being in business. But that comes later. Eventually, when people see there's value added into the relationship, a lot of investment will follow. So I've seen a lot of people that they have investment, let's say, with Fidelity, Charles Schwab's, and Morgan Stanley's, and all of that. But nobody have ever asked him, do you have a living trust? No. Because advisor doesn't make money when you create a living trust. Or let me review your taxes. Why would advisor sit 45 minutes? He's not a CPA. I'm not a CPA. Why would I, you know, go through pages of your taxes or give it to our tax department to review it, talk about it for an hour to reduce your taxes when it's not going to benefit my company? That's where the wrong mentality is, building a successful corporation. Because by helping you in your finances, overall, where our relationship is going to start. So that's why I take a pleasure of getting a phone call from a client's son that is now 30 years old, but I opened a college fund for him when he was born. Because we have a relationship with the parents. So, and then there's something good about this changing people's blueprint. Eliminates a lot of mistakes. After a while, I've heard husband and wife saying, call Nick before you do that. Really? Or before you buy this, or before you sell that. So you become a center of their first phone call. I wanna make sure my clients pick up the phone and call me first when they're doing one financial decision, even though it's not related to my field. Mm-hmm. See, I don't have real estate license. I'm not a CPA, I'm not an attorney. There is not a day that I don't get phone call about these things. And I love it because they want to hear my opinion. And they know I got access to the best in the nation to put them in the right track. Yeah, I think when you walk through this door, you're not, you're not, you're, when you walk through this door, your mindset is going to change. You're going to apply the strategies to the, for them to be wealthy. But not only that, now you also have a coach on the sideline. Correct. And you're the team, you're the player. You know, you're playing this game, NBA, you know, you're like Kobe Bryant. But Kobe Bryant always goes back to one person after he's been on that team. He's been registered on that team. He's a player on the Lakers. But who's in his head advising him to do the right thing as the coach? Correct. So you're actually, in a sense, getting a coach as well after, after you've taken the financial x-ray with all of their stuff. There's, that's priceless to be able to call someone and say, hey, what decision am I gonna make? What am I gonna do? Can you call, you know, they're gonna call Phil Jackson, which is you, you know, Kobe's gonna call Phil. Correct. So I think, I think that, you know, that is a priceless asset to have. I just wanna make sure by talking like this, our dear listeners don't think that we're advertising. Because if they do, they're absolutely wrong. We're just trying to express 
how we do business, why we've been in the business for 37 years, yeah. and why we have over thousands of clients. It's a simple strategy that we share in people. There's no advertising here. No, it's not advertising. Correct. We're just telling how we, how our philosophy is and how we do business here. Yeah. I, and I love that. Uh, it might sound a little bit like, oh, we're bragging about ourselves. It's not. No, I think I, I think for me personally, I think I'm just, I'm just kind of breaking it down Correct. for the clients, you know? And I know, I mean, I come here every day. I mean, I see that the philosophy here is different. I think I'm just putting it more into terms for people to understand that that this office is different, you know? And the reason it's different is because of you. You know, you've gone through a lot of different things and the, the mindset that you've applied in finance is something different. And that's why I wanted to just elaborate for people to understand and put it in their perspective that to know that when they bring you your money, their money for them to be financially wealthy, it's not about you're just coming in here with a bunch of strategies. It's that you're meeting somebody that is like a coach. You're meeting someone that's going to help you take it to the next level by introducing you to things that you're not aware of in your everyday life and, and understanding what to do next. And being a good coach, you have to have good practices also. You have to realize always and learn better techniques. So constantly, we're trying to stay on top of the strategies, financial strategies. We rub your shoulders with the top in the world. Uh, it's not like just we sit in here and uh, just practicing the same thing we learned a few months ago. Because strategies from January of 2020 is so much different than today in June of 2020. Because right. of the COVID-19, yeah. everything has, has changed. But it's funny. Whatever everybody on the earth predicted, as far as financing, what's going to happen, we all were wrong. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's true. We all were wrong. <laughs> so, but, but what I like about finances, it's like there's so much flexibility. There's so many strategies that came up that it wasn't around before since March of this year. In three months, there is so many rebattling strategies has created with top financial institutions in the world that if the advisor doesn't have access to that M group, we call them M group. You know what it stands for? What? Millionaire's group. Millionaire. <laughs> uh, then you won't be able to coach your team, your investors. So my job is so crucial to stay on top of what is happening. What is the latest? What is XYZ billionaires are doing? How they're overcoming these obstacles? And why we have so much wealth in the past three months that has transferred from one class to another class. This was the biggest wealth transfer in the history of America in the past three months. Wow. So, why did that happen? Because there were strategies for really, really, really bad economy, which we happened to face it in the past three months. So, those strategies had tremendous result in the past three months for the ones that they took advantage of that. Literally, I could say, 
the financial success that some had in the past three months, it could be equal to next 13 or 20 years. It would have taken maybe 10 years, 13 or 20 years to accomplish what some accomplished in the past three months as far as wealth accumulation. Are we gonna have these times coming? I hope not. <laughs> I hope we're not gonna have such a really, really bad economy. But I know we're gonna have downsides. The names are gonna change. Strategies are gonna change. I feel sorry for the ones that, what they were doing in February, they're still doing in June of this year. I really feel bad for them. Uh, either they didn't seek for coach, or they were stuck in their comfort zone, or the gravity of their blueprint was so high that they couldn't skip from the gravity. The center, the power was so, uh, so powerful they couldn't skip that gravity. Yeah, I think if times change, you have to adapt, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's really important. I mean, if you're doing the same thing from February to now, right. it definitely doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah. because times have changed so much. Ambition is so simple to take advantage of what's going on in the world. You know what it takes? To take a financial x-ray. To come and say, hey, this is where I am and where should I be next three months, six months or a year? That's all it takes. My job is not to convince people to take financial x-ray. They have to initiate the first step. Once they initiate the first step, then we take over. And it's as simple as that. I don't care how much wealth people have, they always need another opinion. The minute that you think you know everything, you have to start all over because you don't know nothing. I'll say, endless. I'll say this, if I'm playing basketball, I definitely would want to come on the all-star team. Correct. Right. So let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah, you, you talked about Kobe. Yeah. Why would Kobe play a really tough game and go to overtime, maybe two overtimes, but after game at 10.30 at night, will stay in a dark stadium with the one light on at the Staples Center and take 400 free throw shots? That's called dedication. Yeah. That's called being outstanding, mm -hmm. not just being good. I hate when people say, oh, this is good. Good is not enough anymore. Good doesn't mean nothing. This days being good is nothing. Doesn't even sound good. No, you're gonna be <laughs> outstanding. If you're yeah. not outstanding, if you think you're outstanding, you're gonna be good. But if yeah. you think you're good, you're gonna be bad. Think you're gonna you, be mediocre. I think you need excellence. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. That being said, so let's leave it at that. Yeah. If you, uh, we'll leave it at the All Star Team, and let's talk next time on our podcast about how you get on the All Star Team and what you've done for people to get on there. Ooh, why you give me homework? <laughs>